How is everybody? It's good. It's good. Hey, glad you guys are here. Um, we are doing, if it's your first time here, uh, we're doing something that we do a couple of times a year. And I used to be really intimidated about these. I don't know if intimidated is the right word. I, I didn't look forward to these because I thought they were boring because we talk about finances and we talk about goals and we talk about how much we've grown in small groups and community service. And I show you percentages and all that stuff. And um, I used to just kind of be worried that, that people would get bored by these. And over the years, I've really grown to like our vision services, especially the one at the beginning of the year. Um, to me, it's always exciting to kind of get a glimpse of where we think God wants us to go and how we've done in the previous year. And I, I want to be very transparent and show you where all the finances go and what your hard work is going towards. And um, so I've grown to where I really enjoy these. But if it's your first time here, we do them twice a year at the beginning of the year. And then I kind of do a follow-up one in September. Okay, just kind of see how we've done with what we said uh, the previous January. So um, I was talking with a friend of mine the other day, and it's odd, he's, a, he's an atheist, a very, very non-Christian, uh, liberal atheist, and we've been friends for about, gosh, about 12 years now. And um, he's the dean at a Christian college, um, is your dose of irony. He's the dean of the business department, which is, which is interesting to me. But um, we were talking about my lesson. He was sitting, we were sitting at Starbucks having a cup of coffee, and he said, what are you teaching on? And I told him, and he said, it's really important that you do that, because he said, this is an atheist, mind you. He said, Corey, if you're going to ask these people to give you your time, money, and energy, you better show them what you're going to do with it. And I was like, you're right, you know? And um, it's unfortunate that more churches don't do this. But so here's my plan today, my hope, is to kind of show you what I think God wants us to be as a church, which is a pretty standard thing that I think all churches should be and, and functions that we should do. I want to show you our finances and be transparent about that and kind of how we're doing with small groups and community service and just the, the church growth in general. And then I hope to show you some things that we're kind of dreaming about this year. And again, I just want to be transparent. We want to be honest. And I want to present to you what God has, has laid on my heart and our team's heart. And I just want to invite you to be a part of it. So uh, I'm going to pray. You should have a notes handout in front of you, but don't read it right now. It's like reading a script to a movie you haven't seen yet. You don't want to do that, right? And so, but I want you to take it home, pray about the things in it, uh, think about those things. If you ever have any questions, please just let us know, okay? So I'm going to pray. We'll go through the vision of the church, and um, I'm going to have Corey Drake end us today, okay? So, Lord Jesus, God, we love you. We thank you, and we praise you, Lord. Thank you, God, uh, for 2017, and thank you for your grace that you've given us a 2018, Lord. I pray that we are good stewards of this year. I pray that with our time, our energy, our finances, God, that we honor you and then we honor our city. We pray, God, that you give every church in our community a fresh vision, God. Pray that you give every nonprofit a fresh vision, God, and that we have the courage and the strength to live out what you want us to do, Lord. Keep your hand on us today, God. Bless us, and we pray, Lord, that in some small way this honors you and, and makes you proud, Lord. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so before we talk about where the Experience Community Church is going in 2018, it's important to know what Jesus wants out of the church. That's Christianity as a whole. Jesus in Matthew 28, 19, and 20 tells the followers of him to do this. He says, make disciples, more followers of him, baptize them, and teach them the word of God. It is really that simple. This is what Jesus tells us to go out and do. Now, the church is to be a place of community, that we are to find community with each other, that we, tar we are to meet the emotional, spiritual, and even the economic needs 
of other believers. Now, that doesn't mean we just focus on each other, but we are to take care of each other first. First and foremost, we're to take care of each other. But then we are to go outside of our church community and we are to serve our city. Jesus says that we're called to be the salt and the light. We are to be the beacons of hope for the community around us. And one of the main ways that we do this is Jesus said that he wants his church to be a house of prayer. And so our focus for the fast this year is to be a house of prayer, a group of people who communicate with God more. That's what we're called to be. Okay, so the church should also be a place of growth, which means if you started coming here, let's say today is the first time you've ever been to a church, any church, the, in three years' time or five years' time or gosh, I hope even the next six months or so, that you are not the same person you are when you first walked into this place. We should be growing, we should be evolving more and more into what Jesus wants us to be. We should be growing in our faith, our knowledge of our faith, we should become more sanctified, which means we are set apart for God to use us, and our lives should be more holy, which means the further we go in this whole church thing, the more we should be living lives that reflect Christ and his principles, okay? Very, very simple stuff. And we do that at this church with a very, very simple vision statement that I just plagiarized off the Great Commission. So we are to lead people to Christ through authentic worship, through authentic community, and through authentic community service. Very, very simple. And here's how we do that. So that's our vision. And this is kind of the process by which we live that out. Guys, this is all our church does. This is it. And I'm gonna go through it in detail in a second. But all we do at this church is we have worship services, weekend services, and different entry points. We have our next class, which we actually have one tomorrow night at 6.30. Love for you to come. We have small groups, community, we have development, which are different kinds of classes on theology or grief share or different kinds of you know, financial peace, different ways to develop our faith and develop us as Christians. And then we hope everyone serves. That is it. That is all this church does and, and will probably ever do are these simple things. Now, let me get into the details of that a little bit. So the first part of our vision statement, authentic worship. These are entry points, ways for people to get in and to even test if this is the right church for them. Now, the first one is obviously what we're doing right now, right? The weekend services. We do two services on Saturday, five and seven, two services on Sunday, nine and 11. Now, listen, I am not gonna be snarky with you at all today. I left all my snarkiness in last week. I got it all out. It's a new year, new Corey, right? We're happy, we're gonna laugh, right? It's gonna be good. <laughs> so, all snarkiness aside, the beauty of having four services across two different days is it gives you a lot of options and it gives you less excuse to miss church. So again, the Titans made it into the playoffs. Like God is with us, right? So there was a game last night. <laughs> God, did you see the score? I mean, God is with us, right? So anyways, <laughs> if you missed church last night to watch the game, that's great. I hope you watched it with your family. I hope you had a great time. I hope you ate a lot of junk food. I'm glad they won all that. You can make it to church the next morning. Now, if the next big game is on Sunday and you're typically coming on Sunday, that's okay. You can take Sunday, watch the game with your family, come on Saturday night, right? So there's lots of options and there's very little excuse to not be at church every week. Now, I know pastors are just supposed to berate you about coming to church. Listen, if you don't like this church, I, I, it's okay. I say it's okay, it kind of hurts my feelings a little bit. But if you don't like this church, I just want you to find a church 
and go to that church and be involved in that church and be there. Listen, there is always a correlation with people's spiritual health and their church attendance. I'm not saying just because you go to church, you're spiritually healthy, but if you're spiritually unhealthy, coming to church, worshiping corporately with other believers, hearing the word of God, it's good for you. It's good for you. And you need to be here, okay? Another way in is we have our next class. Again, we have one tomorrow night. We do these the second Monday of every month, and a lot of people will come to next class even before they come to a weekend service. You get to hear my testimony, we give you a tour, we tell you about the church, and then afterwards I hang out for about literally about an hour, I just talk to everyone who wants to talk to me. And um, it's a good way to get to know me a little bit, it's a big church, but it's a good way to get to know me, I get to shake your hand, and it's cool. And um, it's a good way for people to come and see what we're about before they take the plunge and being here on a weekend service. We have prayer nights three times a year that are a good kind of an entry point. Um, about three or 400 of us will meet on the other side and we do prayer for an hour. It's typically the week before a worship night, so we have one coming up here in a couple of weeks. Of course, we have our worship nights. We do these three times a year. They're, they're, they're big. They've gotten to be very, very big. We'll have three or 4,000 people. We come out and worship, but it's a time for all of us to get together all four services, a lot of people from the community. Um, the one we had on the square, we had the mayor open us up in prayer, which was very, very neat, and um, got to worship with them. We got to do one on the square in Woodbury, where our other church is, and very, very cool, but a time for us to revive, and you can invite your friends, then kind of see what our worship is like, and um, just another good entry point, okay? So moving on from that, those are kind of ways to get in the door, if you will, and then we want you to get it plugged into some kind of of community, get a little bit more intimately involved in some level here at the church. Now, there's a lot of ways to do that. Um, I don't know if you know this, we have a counseling service here. There is three, I think we're about to pick up our fourth master's degree level counselors. They're licensed counselors that, that, that are here at the church. Their offices are right back here. That's by appointment only. Now, that does cost money, but it's about a fourth of what you'd pay at a normal place. So they do it on a sliding scale, and they're the best counselors you can, you can find in this area. Wonderful counselors. Um, we do celebrate recovery on Wednesday nights on the other side of this wall over here. One of the coolest ministries in the city, and, and there's lots of churches that do it. Fantastic ministry. I always tell people it's kind of what church should be. It's a bunch of people who are messed up, which we all kind of are, but they acknowledge it, right? They come together, they worship with each other, they have testimonies, they eat dinner together, and they have small groups. Everyone is welcome to go. Wednesdays, dinner is at six, uh, service is at seven, small groups are at eight. I'm actually gonna go this Wednesday because a buddy of mine's gonna give his testimony, so I'll be there this week. Um, we have life groups. We have life groups on campus that meet throughout the week. They have free childcare. I'll get to that here in a second. But if you want to come and you have little ones, we have childcare for them. There's all kinds of different groups that meet all throughout the week. We have off-campus groups that meet in homes. They meet in coffee shops all over the city. And they're a little bit more evangelistic, which means they're kind of purposefully being out in public so people will see it and hopefully ask questions and get involved. We have evident groups, which are groups for college students and 20-somethings. We have Evident that meets once a month over on the other side, and the last two have been phenomenal. Uh, phenomenal. I think I added like three more L's on that. Phenomenal. And so um, the last couple that we've done, we had one where we talked about illegal immigration. We had one where we talked about racism, and it was really, really good. And so they all get together. They gather the last Thursday of every month, and then we plug people into small groups throughout the rest of the month. We have student ministries. We have Encounter High School. We have Eon Middle School. They meet on Wednesdays, and Eon meets at all four services. 
in their own worship space. We have a prayer group that meets on Monday nights at 6.30. We'd love for you to be a part of that. All the prayer requests that come into the church, if you ever email us a prayer request, it all goes on a huge list. And there's a group of men and women that sit and read over all those and pray for all of those needs every single week. We have a prayer room that's open from uh, Monday through Friday. It's 6.30 a.m. to 9 a.m. It's kind of a come and go thing. There's coffee. There's a, a comfortable room with couches and Bibles and music and just come and go before work or whatever. We also have these classes that repeat three times a year. We have one called Following Jesus, which happens four weeks before every worship night. So if you know there's a worship night coming up, four weeks before that worship night, we do a class called Following Jesus. It's free, and it's just kind of basic Christianity, just almost like the Apostles' Creed, broken down, very, very simple Christianity. And then after our baptism and worship weekend, we have a nine-week class called Foundations, which takes you even deeper. It takes you into basic theology of the Christian faith and apologetics and how to study the Bible and spiritual gifts and spiritual warfare and a little bit deeper stuff. Guys, these are free and they are absolutely wonderful ways to know more theology, to know more about our faith and to grow a better relationship with Christ. Now, after all that, if you just wanna keep on going, we have a discipleship training group. It meets for 12 weeks and the whole point of this is not just how to invite people to church, but to actually get people to, to, to have a relationship with you and disciple them, make them a disciple of Jesus Christ. One-on-one -on -one discipling, if you want to either be led or if you want to learn how to lead people and to have a relationship with Christ from spiritual infancy all the way to spiritual adulthood. I've been through it and I've taken a small group through it and it's absolutely fantastic. Okay, so the last part of our vision uh, statement is authentic community service. This is something we take a lot of pride in. We have a lot of ways to serve at this church. Now, we do services back to back, and that's for a reason. The reason why we do that is if you're busy, which I know a lot of you are busy, a lot of us are busy. If you're busy, you can come on the weekends, you can serve at one service, and then attend the other. We know it's important not just for you to serve, but you need to hear the word of God and you need to be able to come and be fed and to worship with other people, take communion. We know that's important. So let's say, for instance, you were to come to the nine o'clock service and, and you were to, to worship and get involved and all that stuff in here, you could go to the 11 o'clock and you could go serve in Echo or nursery or hospitality or whatever the case may be. Or we have our 5,000 ministry that meets during the nine o'clock and they go feed people out in the park and they do a huge potluck in the park. You can do that and enjoy that and then all of you come to service at the 11. Our point is just for you to be able to serve and to be able to attend church and it not be too much of an inconvenience. Now, it's an honor to serve your church, guys. And I'm not saying that because I'm the pastor. Listen, if you decide to serve, you will get more out of it than even the people that you're serving. It is a huge deal. And we need people to serve in hospitality. We need them to serve with children in Echo. We need help uh, in Eon, that's our middle school, with our bar ministry. If you don't know what that is, if you're new, um, for about eight years now, we've been sending groups of people out to the square and it's grown to where it's every weekend now. We set up a free hot dog stand on the square and when all the people are coming in and out of the bars, we're there to give them free hot dogs and water. Just, we just wanna sober them up before they get home, right? We're not gonna beat them to death with a King James Bible or make them feel bad or anything like that, right? <laughs> It'd be awful, wouldn't it? We, we just wanna make sure they get home safely. And here's what naturally comes up. Why are you doing this? Because we love you, why? Because God wants us to, you know? And so naturally it comes up and we've had so many testimonies about bar. 
And we do art classes, and we need help with that. It's hard to get people to, to do that consistently, but we do art classes here where we teach underprivileged kids, not construction paper and, you know, Elmer's glue. Like, we teach them acrylics, and we teach them oil paintings and watercolors and sculpture. And we had a young lady come who has a degree in ceramics and, and hopefully be, be able to teach kids things like that. And so the reason why we do that, and that's important to us, is God might have given some, some really great talents to some kids in these neighborhoods, but because of their financial situation, maybe they've never had the opportunity to kind of hone in on those skills. And if we can provide that as a church, man, art is a gift given to us by God, and if we can foster that, it's really beautiful. Um, we have lots of maintenance needs at this church. Great building, guys, but like sometimes you can walk around and look up and you're like, oh, I didn't know you could see the sun through this part of the building, right? Like, it's, it's, it's an old building, um, it's a unique building and there's always leaks and places in the, in the ceiling that need repair and cleaning. And if you just have a heart to just, just get your hands dirty and serve here, we'd love to hear from you. Um, we have nursery always needs help because there's so many babies here. Um, yard days, a couple of times a year we go mow all the yards and mulch and weed eat all the neighborhoods in front of the church. Hundreds of houses, we do that a couple of times a year. Our Emerge, which is our special needs ministry, that we have, yeah, great ministry. We have two sensory rooms over in the uh, Echo area. And so kids that have any kind of special needs, we have a safe spot for them to be able to learn and hear the gospel. But we also include them in the worship and include them with what all the other kids are doing. They have a buddy system. If you want to be involved with that, wonderful. Evident leaders, we always need help with 20-somethings. Always need help with college-age students. We do a jail ministry here. If you want to get involved with that, Bill Campbell does that. We do 5,000, which feeds somewhere in the neighborhood of 150 people a weekend, a lot of people. If you wanna get involved with that, and we have a lot more other ways to get involved, fill out those connect cards, send us an email at info at experiencecc.com and we'll get you plugged in. We also wanna get you plugged into nonprofits. We support a lot of fantastic nonprofits in our city. Um, we sponsor Endure Athletics that works with homeless children in our community. Portico that works with women who have unwanted or, or, or uh, unexpected pregnancies. Young Life that teaches the gospel in high school and middle schools. Greenhouse Journey Home and Salvation Army that work with the homeless soldier's child that works with children whose parents might be deployed. FCA that goes into the school, the Fellowship of Christian Athletes and works with a bunch of the different uh, athletic organizations in the schools and teaches them the gospel. Stepping Stones, which helps homeless women and children. They're right across the street. And three weekends a month, we house uh, homeless women and children. In fact, we, had, we were full at capacity last night. And if you ever want to get involved with that, Shepherd's Foster Closet that helps an orphanage, special kids that helps kids with, with special needs. And there's a lot more. And if you want to get plugged into these, we can do that. And we can set you up with that. And we can help you with that, okay? So how are we doing with this? If I'm going to tell you to get involved in this and tell you that this is vitally important, how is that working for us? Are we achieving what we want to do? So here's some of our numbers. Um, I don't throw the big number up there every week because I think we can, if one's not careful, you can grow a big unhealthy church. And I don't want to grow a big unhealthy church. I, I think the church should grow, but I want to make sure we're healthy. This church has grown. In 2017, we grew 43% which is big. That's pretty astronomical. We grew uh, about 900 people in, in uh, the last year. So we, we grew uh, a pretty good amount. Um, far greater than the jump in weekly attendance, though. This is a number I am very proud of. 
Uh, we baptized 350 people last year. That's a great thing. That is true growth, right? Yeah, that's good. And even more important than just having, you know, a, a big, big church number, the fact that we are adding to the kingdom of God, that's, that's what's very important. Now, out of, and here is the big number, out of about the 3,000 people that come to our two churches, um, we have almost 1,500 people that participate in some kind of small group. That is huge. That's a great number. That includes our discipleship groups. That includes uh, Evident and Eon and Encounter, but about, about half uh, 47% of all people that attend this church are plugged into some kind of smaller community throughout the week. That's very, very good. Our serving participation amongst adults, and this is kind of a hard number to quantify, but it's 34.5%, which is pretty good. And that's not even including people that serve in the nonprofits that we support, that serve outside of the church, because we don't know all those people. But in the church, we have about 34.5% serving. That's really, really good. Now, again, another number that's kind of hard to quantify is how many people give on a regular basis. Now, you know, I know you'd think that would be easy, but because people own businesses and because people give like large chunks sporadically throughout the year, it's kind of hard to see who is faithfully tithing and who isn't. But it looks like it's somewhere in the neighborhood of about 26%, which I know is a low number, but comparatively, that's not bad. And it's gone up since the last vision service from 23 to 26. So that's good. More people are giving, more people are getting behind the church financially. Now, comparatively, we're killing it. If there was some kind of church consultant guy who came and showed up here, we're killing it compared to other churches our size. And I'm not trying to be that guy like we're better than everyone else, but we're doing really, really well with the numbers. But here's the thing about that. To brag about scoring a 50 on a test is silly to me, right? So if we brag in our city that 34% of our city goes to church, I don't know if one-third of the population having a relationship with Jesus, assuming that everyone who goes to church does, which, by the way, they don't, I don't think that's worth bragging about. So I don't ever want us to get comfortable with the fact that we're good compared to other churches who aren't really doing what they should be doing. So here's the thing. We don't want to be the norm. This whole idea of consumerist church is, is not what we want to do. Um, we're not to model what, what you know, the, the biggest churches in the world are doing, per se. We're not to model what the corporate things are doing. We're to model Jesus. And whatever happens is what Jesus wants to happen. So we need to look as much like Christ as humanly possible, okay? Okay, so let's talk about the finances. This is always fun. When we build a budget for our church... Here's what we do. We take the last year's income, so we just wrapped up the year, right? We take that income, and this is a very safe way to build a budget, and we project that we will bring in at least that much the following year, and we build our budget around that. Last year, this church brought in $2.7 uh, million, again, which is, which is pretty good. And so we brought that in, actually a little bit more than that, brought in this $2.7 million, and so for 2018, We've built a budget based on that. Again, that's a very safe, modest way to build a budget. Now, of that budget, I want to show you where every single dollar goes. Now, when it comes to staffing people who work here, that's full-time, part-time, that's janitorial, that's everything, including our health benefits, it's about 34% of that $2.7 million. So 34%, if you compare that to most churches, most churches spend half of their income on salaries, and that's not what we do. And I say that to let you know that no one is getting rich here, okay? I, I promise you, no one is getting rich here. And so I've included our health care costs in there, just so you know what, 
the Affordable Health Care Act looks like. Anyways, um, and then another expense on top of that, sorry, hey, hey, all the snarkiness is gone. That was a 2017 thing. <laughs> so, <laughs> just in child care alone at this church, and what that means is uh, the people that watch your kids throughout the week, if you come to a small group, we pay them. Right? And we do that so we can kind of hold them to a higher standard. Um, that's $69,000 a year we pay just for childcare um, during the week, which is pretty, pretty substantial. Um, okay, so I just signed the papers for this building. We will close on this building in about 15 days. And uh, our mortgage, <laughs> yeah, clap, makes me want to sweat, right? Uh, you remember when you bought your first home, you have to put like that earnest money down and it's like 400 bucks, right? It was 50000 for this building. So... Here's $50,000 that I know I will never get back, right? That was a hard thing to do. I actually made Sarah take it over there. I was like, Sarah, you do it. I don't want to do it. Um, so we're buying the building, and our mortgage this year will roughly be roughly between 17 and 20% if we pay the bare, bare minimum. It's about $456,000 for our mortgage this year. Now, we have the hopes of paying this building off in five years. Now, that's a pretty lofty goal. But if we could pay this building off in five years, guys, that would free up a million dollars extra a year that we could pump back into our city. We've always been a debt-free church until two weeks from now, but we hope to progressively, yeah, <laughs> enjoy it right now, right? So, but when we buy this building, we want to aggressively pay it off so we can get back to being debt-free, so we can aggressively give back to the community around us. This year, we'll give away 20% of our budget. We always give away at least 20%. So we'll give away somewhere in the neighborhood this year $540,000. And we don't just drop it out of a helicopter right over Murfreesboro. You know, hey, you're welcome, Murfreesboro. We actually have a, a very strategic way that we do that, and I'll show you that here in a second. Our ministry expenses, that's curriculum, snacks for your kids, if they need to do stuff in the rooms, uh, paper supplies, all that stuff is about 9% of the budget, which isn't, that's not that bad. And then uh, operating costs are things like uh, insurance for the building and, and utilities and all the really boring stuff, printer costs, that's about 11.5% of the budget. But that's virtually where every dollar will go this year, okay? So when it comes to finances at this church, and if you've never been here and heard me say this, this is important to me. I do not know who gives at this church. Honest, I do not know. The only people who I know who give at this church or not are the elders of this church, and the staff at this church. And the reason why that makes sense, because if they're gonna be in control of the money, I wanna make sure that they're contributing, right? So the only people I know are the elders and the staff. All of you out here, I have no idea if you give or don't. And some of you might argue with me if tithing, giving 10% of your income, is a New Testament thing. I believe it is, but even if we disagree, I think it's hard to argue that we aren't to financially contribute to the church. We just got done with the chapter in Acts that there was a famine going on, and if the churches didn't financially contribute, people would have starved to death. It's very important that we give financially to the church so we can do the mission that God wants us to do. Okay, all that done. Now let's talk about some dreams for 2018. Now, a couple of them. Now, how we're going to disperse that $540,000 is also important to us. To make sure that we don't waste, it's your money, to make sure that we don't waste your money, Andy has developed a grant system. And what happens is the nonprofits that want money from our church, they have to go through a, 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 an application process 
and there's a different set of criteria for how much money we give different organizations. So for instance, I'm just throwing one out there, Portico, that we've been given to for years. We go to them and say, okay, if you have a five-year vision, if you can tell us where the money's gonna go, we'll give you X amount. And so that's how we're going to disperse that. We wanna help nonprofits to get better at what they do, and we wanna make sure that we use our money to the best ways we can to help our community. Another thing we're doing this year, is we've been having men's summits the last couple of years. Uh, we only had one men's group. We needed to start a bunch of men's groups. So we would do a huge men's event. And then from that, we launched, I think it was 10 or 12 groups, right? And so what we plan to do is we plan to do another men's summit, just one, not two. We will launch a bunch of men's group. And as the year goes on, when it comes back to that summit again, the next year, all of those groups have to divide or multiply. They have to split up. And so they get a year of being together and then they split up and then we start a bunch more groups every cycle. Now we've never done a woman's summit. The reason why is because women don't need our help. They just start their own groups and rock and roll without us. <laughs> so we've never had to before, right? Men need more convincing. But we had a lot of women come up and say, we wanna do a women's summit. So we're gonna do a women's summit and we'll do the exact same thing. We'll have a huge women's event. And so they'll start a bunch of groups, not that again, they're doing fine. They'll start a bunch of groups. They'll go through a year cycle. And when that year is done and they meet again, they'll have to break those groups up. And I think over time, it's going to compound into where we're going to have a ton of men's groups and a ton of women's groups. And it's going to be really good for us. Another thing we're going to do is we want to increase our artistic impact on the city. What I mean by that is our city needs some color and some art. And so I'm trying to use what, what little influence I have in this city and, and your talents to somehow get art on buildings and throughout the, 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 the city. And after we buy this building, we're probably gonna put some art around this place uh, on the outside and, and really start to liven that up. And I, I just think God gave us the ability to make beautiful art and it should be more visible in our city. There's a guy that sent me an email last night, owns some property right on Main Street and he's gonna put these huge boulders, these huge like 20 foot by like 10 foot tall boulders. And he said, hey, do you think you'd find some people to come and paint stuff all over that? And I'm like, absolutely. That's the kind of stuff we're looking to do. We want to continue that more in our city. Now, here's some of the bigger ones that we're going to do this year. Um, we'll be planting another church in the Eagleville, Rockvale area, about 25 minutes from here. Um, Dave and Michelle Ashworth will be the pastors out there. And uh, so we plan on doing that. Yeah, you can clap for that. I think it's cool. Uh, very nervous about losing Dave, but, but it's okay. Um, and so Dave and Michelle will plant that church either late 2018 or early 2019. So we'll be doing that. And uh, that's going to be going on. And then probably in the next couple of months, we will pick up our fourth church in the Northeast. Uh, I called a guy uh, named Mike. He pastors a church called City Church in Albany, New York. Albany is the fourth unchurched city in the nation. So if we pick this church up, I think we'll have four of the top five most unchurched cities that we support churches in. So I called this guy. He pastors the biggest church in Albany, which is the, the, the capital of New York State. It's 200 people in a city of 100,000. He's the biggest one. I called him and a really neat guy started the church at 26. He's 31 now. He started it with 500 bucks and it was his wife and one other couple. And uh, they started it in a bar. So I'm talking to him and I'm like, I'm sold. You know, like, I like this guy. So I'm going to fly up. I'm going to meet him. And uh, if he's half as cool in person as he is on the phone, we'll start working with that church and financially helping that church. I'm excited about that. 
Another neat thing that I don't know if it's going to happen or not, uh, but I'm praying that it will because it also excites me. We've done a lot of work in Uganda over the last four years. Brooker has done a ton of work out there, worked with hundreds of pastors, and we have a very good name for ourselves in Uganda, oddly enough. Now, a bunch of the churches there have an orphanage that they cannot afford to keep up. They, they already own the land. They own the building. There's kids in this orphanage, but they cannot afford to keep, keep it operating. So they had the idea of giving us the land, giving us the orphanage, and giving us the rights to everything that goes on in that orphanage. Now, that's a big deal. What we would have to do is we would have to send teams over all the time throughout the year to staff and to lead and to organize and to help this orphanage. I think that's amazing. It will dramatically change the way we do foreign missions. It will basically become a a, a very, very uh, full-time part of what we do at this church will be work in Uganda. But I think that'd be an awesome opportunity. Yeah, I think that'd be cool. So here's the thing, guys. I've been on this kick about fundamentals. The fundamentals are simply this, and I say this to you almost every week, but I just want it to be so ingrained in our head. If we will attend church on a regular basis, if we will read and study the Word of God, if we will pray, fast, give, and serve, we will connect better to God. And when we are connected better to God, our marriages, our relationships, our families, our schools, our neighborhoods, everyone else will be better connected when we are better connected. And so here's the thing. We need to invest in ourselves, and I don't mean that in a selfish way, but we need to make sure that we are filled up with the Holy Spirit and have a strong relationship with God, but we have to make sure that we keep an outward vision. We cannot let this become a country club. We cannot get upset if someone takes our seat, you know, or, or that it becomes too crowded in this room. That's a good thing. We need to make sure that it doesn't become about our comforts, but it is always about growing the kingdom of God. More people baptized, more people getting into a relationship with God, getting involved in small groups, and essentially more people being saved. That's what we need to make sure that we're focused on. Now, when Jesus looked at us, and I want this to, I know you guys have heard this before if you've been a Christian for any length of time, but I wanted to, I wanted to, to, to set in for a second. Jesus looked at his followers and he said, tag, you're it. I'm with you. I'm the source of your strength. I'm the source of your power. I'm the one that has to be with you, but you are the light of the world. Jesus has commissioned us to go out into the darkness and to do something about it. And Jesus says, let your light shine before men so that they'll see your good works and that they don't give glory to you or to your church, but they give glory to the Father in heaven. That we are called to be the light, to go out into the community, to do good things so God will receive glory and people will have a relationship with him. So again, fundamentals be here. Think about going through our experience university. That's all of our classes, right? Think about going through the following Jesus and the foundations. Think about going through financial peace. Think about going through the discipleship course. Pray about that. Pray about getting involved in some kind of small group, some kind of microcosm. You can get lost in a church our size. You can get lost in a church a tenth our size if you're not careful. Please, please think about getting involved in some kind of small group. Think about where you can serve. And again, if you're super busy, just serve at one service and attend the other. You know, it's one day a week, four or five hours of your week that you can set aside. Please pray about that and consider that. And then pray about your financial commitment. 
Guys, the last thing I'll say about finances today, my wife and I have always been faithful tithers, always, ever since I knew what tithing was. And I don't say that to brag on me, I'm just saying we've always given at least 10% of our income back to the church. We still do that, right? So I mean, when I get my paycheck from the church, we write back 10% immediately, that's what we do. Now listen, we've never had excess money. My wife have never been in a place, we've never been in a place where we're like, what do we do with all this money, right? That has never happened to us, probably never will, right? But let me tell you this, God has always taken care of me. He's always taken care of me. And if I've done your premarital counseling in here, you can attest to this. I look at young couples and say, I will never know if you give or not. I will never check up on you, but I give you my word. If you're faithful, God will bless you for this. He will take care of you for this. So I encourage you, not for this church, not for me or anyone else. And God, quite frankly, doesn't need your money. It's a hard issue. It's a hard issue. And if we will give of ourselves financially, it's a hard thing to let money go. God will work on your heart. He'll do something with you. So here's the thing. When we do these fundamentals, not only will it change us, it will change people around you. The reason why it will change people around you, I'm gonna get a little geeky here, is Christians are symbiotic. What that means is, if you fail to do your part in the body of God, I feel it too. When I fail to do my part in the body of God, you feel it too. Just like your whole body, if you were to pull out a hammer and smash your pinky, your whole body knows what has happened. They feel that pain. It's the same way in Christianity. So when we as individuals, listen, when we as individuals neglect our basic functions as a Christian, our spouses feel it, our families feel it, our schools feel it, our cities feel it. And if this church, you and I in this room, because we need each other. You and I need each other. We're connected. We're family. We're a body. Just in a very basic, practical manner, if you and I dip out, and if you and I don't do what we're supposed to do, here's just a couple of things that will not happen because this church didn't do them. Every year, this church feeds 7,800 meals, serves 7,800 meals. We give over a half million dollars to nonprofits and to public schools. There's a lot of schools in this community that don't get the funding that they need. And this church has stepped up and given over $50,000 a year to public schools. There's 260 compassion kids that won't have health insurance and that they won't be taken care of if we don't step up. 350 baptisms, guys, that's salvation. That's eternity. And this year we will financially support five churches that will become dependent on us for their finances. Not to mention we do work in El Salvador, Uganda, Colombia, and in Wales. Right now, this weekend, and I put 700 plus because it's probably a, a low ball number because we've, we've probably grown a little bit, but we have over 700 kids under the age of 12 who will hear the gospel at least three times, the whole Bible, all the way through three times at this church. So if we step out and if we are not doing what we're supposed to be doing, there's a whole generation coming up that won't hear the gospel. And this is not to mention the lives in this room that have been changed. If we don't pull our weight, if we don't do what we're supposed to be doing, it's not just us that suffers. It is a lot of other people that will also feel that. Now listen, that's not to like guilt you into serving. Oh gosh, there goes Corey again. I gotta serve, I, I gotta give. No, 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 no. Listen, God wins regardless if you step on the ship or not. God wins regardless if I step on the ship or not. God wins, with or without Corey Trimble. 
But God loves us so much that he has invited us into the story. You can be a part of this, that you and I can be instrumental in seeing the landscape of people's eternities change. We are invited to do that. And we shouldn't do that begrudgingly. Oh, I got to give. No, we should do that with humility and with awe and with excitement that God would include us in his plans. I think 2018 is going to be a good year, guys. And it's been, I'll I'll just be straight up honest with you if you couldn't pick it up from last week. I've been in a spot where I'm like, man, is this all worth it, right? And I think God has really humbled me and really shown me that we have a lot to do, guys. It's going to be an uphill battle. I, I get it. But God is with us. And when God is with us, we will be okay. You're going to have a good year. I'm going to have a good year. This church is going to have a good year. Amen. I'm going to bring Corey up here, and he's going to close us out, okay? So I'm about to shift gears for a second. Um, I just want to start by saying I love you guys. And uh, (laughs) thank you in the back. Um, I got a letter I'm going to read, and uh, just bear with me for a moment. Dear experienced community, I'm writing you this to tell you that I will no longer be the youth pastor at the end of this month. I've been a part of this ministry for almost six years now, and I've personally led it for four as the student pastor. I know this may seem crazy. Some of you may be hurt and upset by this news. You may be confused, or you may not even know me and wonder what you walked into this morning. Uh, This is one of the hardest decisions I've ever had to make. I've lost many nights of sleep over this decision, but after many hours, days, weeks of prayer, tears, conversations, and decision-making, it's come to a point where God has spoken so clearly to me that it's time. It's time for a change in my life. It's time for me to experience something different. I believe God is calling me into a season of intentionality to my wife, my family, my friends, and the many people that I will meet and encounter during this next season of my life. I want to stress that I'm leaving on the best of terms with the team and the staff here at the Experience Community. There's been no moral failure on my part. Callie and I are great, as are my relationships with the rest of the team here at the church. I feel God has just called me to something new and something different. With all of that said, I'm heartbroken. I've made some of the best memories of my life within this church community. I've experienced love from each one of you in ways I can't comprehend, and I've been humbled and honored that you would allow me into your life and to serve you in this community. I've laughed with you. I've cried with you. I've heard your stories. I've seen your pain and your joy, and not a second of it would I take back. This is one of the best churches in town, and if I'm just going to be honest, I believe it's the best church in town, best community in the city, and the most real and authentic group of humans I've ever had the pleasure of doing life with. Change is necessary in life. It has to happen. God calls us to change, and sometimes that change is hard, but not all change is bad. So here's to changing and growing. I want to assure you that I'm not going anywhere. I'll still be in Murfreesboro. I'll still be around the church. You can still reach out if you need anything. I love you all so dearly, and this church will always have my heart. Um, Before I step off stage, I just want everyone in here, this is the fourth time I've had to do this. It's been a rough weekend, (laughs) to say the least. Um, I love you guys so dearly, and this place will always be special to me, and and Trimble can attest to this. I mean, I was like the third hire here, you know, and being a, a foundation and a pillar of this church, and watching it go from 50 to what it is now, and, um, it's been a, 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 a wild ride, to say the least, and I'm going to miss it, but 
but I know that the Lord has different things in store for me. So I don't want to say goodbye because I'm not really going anywhere. You're still going to see me around. I'll just be in a different position, so to speak. So um, I'll be in the foyer. If you want to come say hey, give me a hug or a high five and uh, give me some life advice because I always need that. I'll be out there today. But I love you guys and thank you for allowing me to serve you. Yeah, all, all joking aside, uh, few people have, have transitioned out of something as big as what Corey has done with as much class as he's done it, and um, he's right. I think he was the third person I ever hired, and uh, the first time he ever flew on an airplane was with me, and I always tell people he tried to hold my hand, but I wouldn't let him, and, uh, and I remember we were going to Providence, Rhode Island. I probably shouldn't tell the story, but it's, it's, it, I think it's funny, so... Um, we were flying to Providence, Rhode Island to meet with the church up there, and they put us up in this really, really strange hotel. It was uh, really strange, and, and I don't know why a church would have put us up in there. It was like this super ultra-modern, uh, it was a 1920s hotel, but they had revamped it, and there was all these like really weird, explicit magazines in the foyer and stuff, and it was just a very strange hotel. And we walk up to the front, and, um, and uh, I let Corey kind of check us in, and I'm sitting back on a couch uh, behind him, and and the guy goes, uh, I've got you down for two beds, but you guys want one, right? And he, he turned around, and Corey just kind of turned around and looked at me, and I was like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, <laughs> I love him, not, not uh, no, but um, <laughs> that was our first trip together. <laughs> Hey, on a serious note, though, on your way out, uh, make sure you tell that guy how much you appreciate him. He has put a lot of blood and sweat and hours into this church, and, and um, he has been one of the pillars and one of the reasons why it's, uh, it's become what it has, and uh, he's a wonderful guy, wonderful guy. So we're going to pray for him, and I'm going to pray for you guys, and there'll be people up at the front. If you need prayer, there'll be communion all the way around if you want to take communion today. And um, listen, guys, I hope God blesses your 2018. Um, I, I feel like it can be whatever we want it to be. As long as we trust God and trust in his will, I think a lot of us are gonna see a lot of personal growth. I think we're gonna see a lot of growth for the kingdom of God. We just have to be willing to follow him and it's gonna be okay, all right? So would you bow your heads with me? Lord Jesus, God, we love you. We thank you. Father, Lord, I pray that you keep your hand on my brother, Corey, God. I pray, Lord, that you lead him, lead he and Callie. God, show them what you want him to do and just honor them, Lord. Um, God, we pray, Lord, for this church. We pray for our city. I pray for every single person in this room. I pray for their relationships. I pray for their family. I pray for their health, God, and their wellness, Lord. I just pray that we will have the courage to say wherever you want us to go, God, we'll, we'll go there. Whatever you want us to do, God, we'll do it. Lord, let us be a people that gets back to the fundamentals, the basics, prayer, study, attendance, God, Lord, giving, serving. Lord, just let us get back to the fundamentals, and Lord, let us build a house that honors you, God. Father, if there's anyone that needs prayer, Lord, let, let them come up and, and find someone to pray with. God, if people decide to take communion, Lord, let them approach uh, your body and blood, Lord, with, with repentance, God, and, and humility. And I pray, Lord, that we can make this a year that honors you, God. We love you. We thank you. We praise you, Lord. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray.
Amen. Thank you guys so much.